Welcome to The Vault. Tune in every week to unlock the marketing secrets of some of the fastest growing businesses. You'll hear practical tips, strategies, and case studies that will help you build incredible marketing campaigns for your business. And now, here's your host, Stacey Keogh. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Fran Borman is the owner of Cellbore Limited, a network marketing business that she has built to an excess of £8.5 million turnover, the fastest growing in her sector. She has supported over 1,000 business owners to create their own business success by using her growth strategy and aligning with social causes. Fran is passionate about helping business owners to find the joy in their business beyond the bottom line and by doing so has actually attracted more loyal customers and dedicated staff to those growing businesses. She's also authored two best-selling books, runs a free online business forum, and is in the process of launching a new social enterprise to support the homeless through a football initiative. Fran is so incredibly authentic and is a really strong advocate of how Facebook Live can help you build your credibility online. I can't wait for you to listen to the marketing tactics she uses in her business. So let's open the vault and dive right into this episode. Hello, Fran, and welcome to the show. Hi, Stacey. How are you? Very well. And yourself? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. Good. I'm so pleased to have you here today. We've got lots of exciting things to discuss. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. And great to be talking to another amazing business lady. Oh, you're very sweet. Thank you so much, Fran. Well, let's kick things off by talking through how you got started. Where did your business begin and and what has your journey been like? Well, my business really began, I think I've already always had that kind of slight entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, My dad is an entrepreneur, has his own business. I think it was sort of in my blood. But when I really delved into it was when I got married, me and my husband knew we wanted kids. And I was looking at my day job going, this really isn't going to be very practical uh, when it comes to having children. So even though we weren't quite yet ready I started thinking right I need to find something so my first kind of delve into a proper business was actually started an online craft business which was okay but I got bored with it quite quickly but through networking that I then came across a network marketing business and most people in business would have heard of network marketing it's a sort of direct sales business where you can build a team and I just loved the business model. I thought it was such a clever idea and I loved the community and the support that went around it. So I dived into it kind of head on. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I I took all the training that the, it's a bit like a sort of mini franchise. So there was loads of training and support around that. So it really got stuck into it and it kind of snowballed. So my first 10 years in business were just mainly focused on building a network marketing business that I still have to this day and that I still absolutely love. That's brilliant. I think um, we can all relate to that. I think we've all seen the network marketing businesses out there. And I think it's so great to actually hear you speak so positively about that sort of thing, because I also have some experience in the network marketing industry. And I too actually look at it in a really positive outlook in terms of the skill set that I've learned and the types of people that you get to bond with and build relationships with, not only with your team, but also with clients and customers and things like that as well. Absolutely. And I think that's Um, not common really, is it actually in that industry? 
I was going to say, I mean, I was a bit of a rebel in the industry, so to speak, because I didn't do things completely as I was told. And if you speak to most network marketers, they'll say, just follow the system to do as you're told. And there were certain things about it that didn't sit right with me. And it is effectively, it's a sales business, whether you like it or not, it's about sales. But in my view, every business is about sales. Whatever you do, you've got got to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And also every business is about people and managing people, which is exactly what network marketing is. Um, But the industry probably has a little bit of a bad name because it has had over the years very pushy salespeople, people that aren't honest, people that, you know, say, oh, come along to a meeting and then it's something completely different to what the person was expecting and all these kind of bad practices. And one of the reasons my business actually became the fastest growing in its sector. And that was really because to an extent, I kind of stuck two fingers up at the rules and said, I'm going to do what I feel is ethically right and what I feel suits this business because I could see the power of the business model but maybe didn't like all the practices and of course when I started doing that it took some time and again a lesson for business anything is what the success is what happens when no one's watching it's all those kind of little things that I was doing in the background for years and within five years the business had just exploded and I was being followed by people that also loved the business model but wanted to do something that was a bit different Mm. and that wasn't the pushy sales but was actually about genuinely wanting to do good and and that's something that that you now see in network marketing across the industry more but there are still like in any industry there are still practices that could be improved shall we say yeah definitely and I think well I think it just makes sense doesn't it like to want to enjoy what you're doing to actually focus on building the relationships with people which is I think ultimately the reason a lot of people get involved um, because it is one of those businesses that often you know might be a stay-at-home mom that kind of gets into it or somebody who's looking to start a little side business on top of maybe an existing job with the option to exit out of it and, and go into that full time. And, and you're looking for that community. You're looking for that support. So I think that makes sense to just focus on the people from the beginning and do things ethically and in a way that makes you feel good. And that makes good business sense to me. Absolutely. And and whilst it may not get the fastest, quickest results, it's when you, the, the difference is when you stick to it that's when all of a sudden you find that you've built a reputation, you've built trust with people. And it was always, my business was always compared to other businesses within our company. And mine seemed to have much more sustainability. People were staying indefinitely, pretty much. They were continuing to work. They may not be the fastest workers, but they were making a genuine difference. Um, And that was, again, it was all sort of built around this kind of good ethics and actually going, yeah, we've got to sell, but let's do it in a way that's nice and that we enjoy it sounds a little bit like the uh, tortoise and the hare so you're sort of doing everything the right way Um, it is is a little bit like that yeah yeah, absolutely okay good stuff so then what happened then so you've got this business to a point where you're pretty comfortable I believe you bought it you got it to a point where you were working pretty passively so it you know I still love my network marketing business I still grow it. it's still there but it but it provides me with an income um and it provided me therefore with an opportunity with both an income but also for some free time to look at other things and starting to kind of expand my capability and I learned so much through that journey of building that business for 10 years that I suddenly realized I was sitting on this wealth of knowledge plus a real desire and also the finance and the time to do something different I think sometimes you don't realise the value that you have. I'm very British. I'm kind of very, um, I don't like to blow my own trumpet. I find that stuff quite difficult. I got to a point where I realised actually I was sitting on a huge amount of knowledge that would genuinely help people. I just had to get over myself and start talking about it. Mm. Um, 
so I started a little online community under the brand Fran B Global, which is my kind of Twitter handle, and it just kind of got used for that. So created an online forum where I'm helping anybody that's really interested in business and just sharing loads of advice and tips and kind of a lot of the emotional stuff that it takes to go through business as well as the practical stuff. I'm not going to claim to be an expert like someone like you, Stacey, is an expert social media and things like that but I can talk about my experiences and got an amazing response from that so that's developed now into doing coaching training retreats those kind of things to help share some of that knowledge but also really pull people together who are on that journey and don't want to do it on their own yeah most small business owners it's incredibly lonely and it's something that I've had to deal with over the years is actually it even if you have got people around you, it can still feel quite lonely. And to have a community of people that you can be really honest and share the challenges and the highs and the lows. And then also mentors and supporters that can also help you. That's really powerful. So that was one thing that evolved. And then on the other side, I then started getting lots of opportunities, talking to lots of people. I started doing some strategic work for some other corporates and helping them look at their business strategy. And then I ended up meeting an ex-pro footballer And he asked me to do some work with him and to see if I could support his foundation. And that's now spun off into a whole nother company, which is incredibly exciting. There's a couple of really good nuggets that I think our audience would really enjoy hearing about. So I think when you talked a little bit about starting an online forum, that's in fact in a Facebook group, isn't it? That's where... That's right. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and I did it just as, I mean, again, as I say, I'm not an expert. I know you can have pages or whatever, but I just did a group because I felt that people were going to share and they do share stuff in there that maybe they don't want their friends seeing because if, you know, they're having challenges. So in a group, at least they know it's only the membership of that group and everyone that's in that group is in a pretty much safe position. Yeah, it's a safety net, isn't it? And it's just a great forum to be able to share the successes, challenges, but also um, ask questions and and really help to progress outside of, you know, what you're portraying on perhaps your key social media pages, whether it's your Facebook page or an Instagram page or whatever. So I thought that was great. One thing that I've obviously observed you doing with in that group and I think across Facebook too is you you utilize Facebook live a lot I'd love, I to, I'd love to talk to you about that because I think it's <laughs> I, I'm actually a big fan of Facebook live and I think it's a phenomenal way to get growth and to get to improve your reach far beyond anything you would get organically so talk to me a little bit about how did that how did you get started doing that and how have you helped how have you found that's helped your group or your coaching well, I think the interesting thing was prior to doing that, and you and I knew each other in the early days of this space, and you would have seen some of my hideous attempts, because because prior to getting into the lives, I tried to do very professional pre-recorded videos, and I spent time editing them and so on. And at the end, they were pretty average. And because I felt the pressure of, okay, I've got to record this, and oh, I don't like that, I'll take that out, cut that out. They, the actual quality of them wasn't very authentic, and it mm. wasn't very good. And I remember having a chat to a very good friend of mine. He said to me, it's just not you, it doesn't reflect who you are. And you need to get better at reflecting who you are. And I just thought, oh, sorry, I'm just going to try and do it live. So I just thought, I'm going to do it live and just see how it goes. And bizarrely, although you feel quite self-conscious because you can't delete it (laughs) and undo what you've said or anything like that. But in a funny kind of way, it was really good because once it was done, it was done. The fact that I couldn't change it was a good thing because it saved me hours of spending doing it. And it meant that I could generate content much quicker. But also then I just felt it became much more authentic. If I said something wrong, I just sort of had a laugh. And and then I love the fact that whilst I'm live, people can interact and they're thumbs upping or they're asking questions. So it just became a really nice way 
to actually communicate and to share that message. And I think because people are part of it and they're watching it live with you, they feel more part of it as well. Mm. So it's, they feel like you're talking to them. So yeah. it's just a real authenticity. So yeah, two main reasons, that authenticity, but also to be quite honest, saving time. Yeah, I saving can totally relate to that actually, because I think recording video, you can just, I do it with the podcast too, recording intros. I can't tell you how many times I probably recorded an intro 16 times. And I'm like, why? The first one was was fine. It was okay. Um, but you just <laughs> yeah. record it because it's not perfect. And I do, you yeah. just waste a lot of time. So I think that makes total sense. And I think, um, obviously I agree. I think, you know, coming off as an authentic and credible person is easier to accomplish actually when you just do it live and you, I think if you live what you say. So for example, you always talk about, you know, being authentic and being transparent and just, that's just who you are as a person. And I think that translates through all of your brands. So that's easy for you. You know, that's easy for you to just yeah. be who you are across those Facebook lives. I imagine the only time that it becomes a challenge for anybody in business is if you're not um, as authentic as you say you are. <laughs> so, that's true. That's yeah. true. And I mean, maybe, and maybe that's the lesson because I don't think there's me, you know, effectively, if I'm, I, I am now coaching other startups, entrepreneurs, I'm working in corporates, and there is that thought of, oh my gosh, they could go on and see a, a Facebook live I've gone and not like it. But then I go, well, do you know what? That is who I am. Mm. And if they don't like it, I'm probably not going to be the right fit for them anyway. So having that real belief and faith in who you are and what you stand for, I think so valuable. And, and it's what people want these days. We're all fed up of the kind of plastic fake. Yeah, totally. Fake life um that actually we want people that that aren't perfect that and, and i guess as long as you're willing to say actually you know i'm not great at this part and then the value is then you you usually if i find something that i want to um share with my audience that i'm not great at i'll find somebody within my audience and say hey come line with me and i think that's quite empowering because it shows everyone else that i'm still learning as well and it makes them feel better about themselves it just makes you a real person somebody that you'd yeah. want to do business with you know yeah. um so my next question you mentioned there that you through the process of setting up this group and talking to lots of different people and you got speaking engagements then you met a pro footballer and you're about to tell us about this next business but how did that come about how did you you, I guess one how did you build that group where are all your people that are inside the group come from and how did that lead on to those speaking engagements and getting introductions to high profile people several things were happening at the same time so one was making this decision to start the group if we wind back a little bit from there I started talking more open before I even started the group I started talking much more openly about what I was doing some of the advice I was giving and I feel my motivation is not about making money. My motivation is about impact and helping people. So I thought, actually, I just need to talk about this stuff and help as many people as possible. So I started crafting some talks so that when I went, or crafting also what I was saying when I went to networking events and talking to people. And that helped them refine my messages. I started to get a few key messages of how I thought I could help people. And when I go to, for example, a local networking event, I would speak to somebody and I would share with them a bit of content rather than trying to sell to them. I would share with them a theory or an idea or something that I thought would help them. Or I would try and connect them with someone else that I thought would help them. And very quickly, I became quite a trusted member of those communities. And then I started being asked to talk at some of those events and I think when you go if you do any networking events in business if you've got really good content to share and you have to work hard again it's not like it just comes to you in a lightning bolt so I actually have to sit and spend some time thinking about 
how I do things and why I do them and and crafting that into actually a, a, a really useful message. Mm. But once I'd done that, I could then go to these events and I could talk at these events and offer real value with no expectation of return, but just to say, here's some great value. And that started to build an audience of people that were interested in what I was doing and what I was saying. And so they wanted to follow me. So the next natural progression was to start this forum. So I already had quite a few people that were friend requesting me on Facebook. I I hadn't been into LinkedIn or into Twitter prior really to any of this. So so all of a sudden I started having people, I started getting into those, um, to those forums and then started connecting with people through those so that on the day that I decided right I'm going to launch this this forum I think in the first week we got a couple of hundred or something like 500 Mm. members in the first three weeks so it went really really quickly but the exciting thing about it was because I kept offering really good valuable content the engagement rate was bonkers and it's still up at about 95% of the members are engaged in the forum that's amazing so people were not just becoming members they were actually engaging in it yeah and I think that's again that just comes from offering this good content yeah great I think that's a really important point because that's the source of any great marketing material which is offering value to the end consumer you know you don't want to just be focused on pitching what you're doing all the time I think if Mm. you just go into it with the mindset of offering value and actually don't even expect anything back in return that guess what? <laughs> Funnily yeah. enough, it actually does come back in, in threefold, you know? It is genuinely. It's uh, Loads of people say, oh, so why have you done this? What are you doing? The forum for me, it's almost a little bit of a game in terms of a fulfillment game, in terms of I get these amazing comments from people that private message me and say, this has helped me. And it's a sense of fulfillment. I kind of go, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I can't believe I'm having this kind of impact. And I do it for that, not for any other reason yeah for um, sure and then I get people saying to me will you coach me will, can I come on a training course and I kind of go oh, okay I best <laughs> I best create something <laughs> yeah. um, but that's but it mainly comes from just enjoying and again I guess that comes back to business if, if you are genuinely passionate and enjoy what you do it's so easy to create content yeah and it doesn't feel like work it just feels really enjoyable That's great. Yeah, I like that. So interesting thing I just noticed that you said there was, it was when people started to comment and and reach out to you privately and telling you how what an impact you had made that they were asking for what's next. So what I find interesting about that is you didn't go into it with with a pipeline in mind. You just basically started this community where you were just giving value, you were helping people, you were just telling them about, you know, because you do share a lot of personal information and, you know, feelings and good things and bad things and um, just insight into what's happening within your business and obviously that's what people relate to and it was only after that sort of proof of concept that you then decided to actually launch you know a coaching program or um some mentoring was that right absolutely and and if i'm completely honest i'm still (laughs) crafting some of that at the moment because it's something that i didn't start it for i started it because i wanted to give back not because i wanted to monetize it but it gets to the point where people genuinely, they want something. So you have to give people what they're looking for. So I had to then spend some time actually backpedaling and going, okay, so what could I do here? And understanding my own value and looking at it going, okay, so that's a value I've got. So how can I package that up to make it valuable for somebody so that they actually would want to buy it? But more to the point that if they did buy it, it's going to give them even more value than they're getting in the form at the moment. Yeah. So, a, you know, a need came out for people asking for one-to-one coaching or group coaching sessions. 
And again, I'm really honest with people. I'm not a professional coach. I've not done any, you know, formal qualifications in coaching. However, I built a sales organization of over a thousand people and supported all of them in growing their businesses, which is probably better, you know, preparation for that kind of business than actually learning how you should do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a tangible result. <laughs> You've actually yeah. done it. It's not just theory. It's it's practical. <laughs> and I guess that's part of my theory as well, is that I would always keep growing businesses around this because that's what will keep me relevant and keep me able to offer good value to other people running businesses because I'm still growing them and yeah, I'm still remembering sure. the challenges and the highs and the lows and the good and the bad and the, um, you know, the, the, how the economy is affecting things at the moment mm, and, you know, yeah. everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Build, building a business, it keeps you relevant in that sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So going back to these networking events you were doing, you're obviously sharing your value and, you know, a couple of the subjects that you really like to talk about. Somewhere in the mix of this, you were introduced to a pro footballer, which I think led on to the next business. Yes. Yeah, so actually that came through LinkedIn. So from raising my profile, he was, well, I say it came from from LinkedIn. Somebody said to him, you need to speak to Fran. So he contacted me through LinkedIn. He said, somebody's told me that I need to speak to you. Can I come speak to you? And and at, at that time and still now, I do get quite a few requests like that. And I'll be completely honest, and I love it if he listens to this later. I thought, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Another one. Um, you know, I wonder what he wants. I said to him, if you can come to me on this date, this time, we'll have a cup of coffee and let's have a chat. But actually, when he turned up, he had such an amazing proposition and he needed some help. And I actually felt like I could help. So what he had was, um, as an ex-pro football, he'd set up a charitable foundation um, in 2015, which helps homeless and severely disadvantaged 16 to 24 year olds get into education, employment and training. And they use the universal passion for football to do this. Now, the funny thing is, I'm not interested in football at all, or at least I wasn't at this point. So I've got this really enthusiastic footballer telling me how amazing football is. (laughs) But luckily, I loved the fact that it was being used for such a good cause. So what they do is they take these 16, 24 year olds who usually probably wouldn't accept help because they're very anti-establishment. You know, life has, has dealt them some pretty tough cards. But because they're coming from a place of football and saying, do you know what, if you want to come play football once a week for 10 weeks, all of a sudden these young people start engaging. So they get them along to a premiership football club once a week for 10 weeks where they do a morning of football training and an afternoon of careers and education training. Amazing. And amazingly, they have a 100% success record that these young people leave the programme either in employment, education or training. So Amazing. Hugely hugely successful um, foundation so first things first was he wanted me on board so he made me a director of that foundation which I was happy to do to support them but then I wanted to help them find a sustainable funding model for their foundation because what they were doing was fantastic but it meant them going around like a charity cap in hand saying to different people please will you sponsor us so we can do more programs now my big belief is that charity is amazing but if you want to make an impact in the world you've got to use business Mm. business is where the resources and business is also sustainable and scalable so I suggested that that we found a way to make it into a business cut a long story short I came up with a model that he loved so much that we agreed to go 50 50 in a new company so what we're doing now is we are using the street soccer program and we're attaching that to a corporate events package so a corporate can sponsor a cohort of young people 
And when they sponsor those young people as part of the deal, they actually get to come to a premiership football club, which is pretty cool. So we've yeah. partnered with 12 of the biggest football clubs around the UK. Amazing. Um, they get to come to those football clubs and they get to have a kind of company away day. So in the morning, they'll do some training around one of the, their goals, a the company they're working on. And then it goes a little bit apprentice style because then we're going to split them into two teams. And what they have to do is in their teams of these are the execs that have come from the corporates, they have to deliver in the afternoon part of the training session to the vulnerable young people. So they have to find engaging, exciting ways to deliver the training to the young people, which means in the afternoon they get to meet the young people that they're sponsoring. They get to add value. They'll get to know them as well, which will be quite eye-opening. And then at the end of the day, they'll get the opportunity to telephone mentor those supports, those young people, just 15 minutes a week through the 10 weeks, but also be part of their graduation and all get them together at the corporate's head office when they graduate so that everybody can share what they've learned through the experience both the young people and the execs so it's a really exciting product yeah Um, isn't it just gosh it's like where to begin um that's so great so I mean because there must be a lot of corporates out there that are really looking for you know the rise of the sort of social enterprising and wanting to give back and it's almost an expectation isn't it from corporate social responsibility perspective so, yeah, I think the concept sounds incredible. I was going to say, a big part of my um, drive on this is I see loads of companies wanting to do their corporate social investment, but it's all very hands off. It's, you know, we just send a check. Yeah. And my view is if you want to actually make a difference, you need to get some value from that. And sending a check, you don't get any value from it. Whereas this, your staff will come out more engaged. And we're already looking at... Uh, We've already had an offer to work with some of the biggest universities in the UK that believe in what we're doing so much that they're going to start creating some data around what we're doing in terms of staff engagement and those kind of things so that we can actually prove the value that an exec is getting and that a company is getting as well as the value that a young person is getting from coming through the programme. I mean, I love the concept. I just think, you know, I run a, obviously quite a small business, but we do an annual team day every year where we get the whole team together from around the country and we all go out and do something fun together. And I just know that through just, we're only doing it once a year at the moment, but I've been looking at whether I should be doing that more often because when we are discussing things like how we want to be giving back and how we want to make a social impact, that's what really gets them excited you know they're really engaged in that sort of aspect they've got loads of ideas around it they're very creative they think of things that i had never even thought of um so i can absolutely see how even you know on a more corporate level you know the direction they must be able to take things in and the just getting them people are involved or excited about something that's outside of their normal corporate office job i think must just be must be exciting for them and i think and it's again it's making it tangible if you look at all the um you know, the millennial Deloitte did a fantastic millennial survey. So if you talk about the next generation of workforce coming through, they want more than a salary. And if they don't get it, they're not going to stick around. Yeah, so right. employee engagement is a huge, huge issue at the moment, trying to get employees actually engaged in what you're doing. And the best way that I've seen is to get them engaged and connected to a socially good cause, because then they feel much more connected to their company because their company is empowering them to make an impact in the world which at the, at the end of the day is what most of us want these days is to make a genuine impact and the difference with this program is not only is it hands-on but because they go through the whole 10-week pro- program with the young people 
people, they're actually going to have that not just as one day. It's going to be an ongoing thing where it's flesh and blood. They get to meet the young people, get the young people to come to their office. And we're already talking, some of our first corporate clients are actually talking about the opportunity to employ some of the young people when they finish the programme. So actually, we might get some of those homeless young people now even jobs at the end of it with the company that sponsored them. Wow, that's so So incredible. Look at the way that that's unfolding. Yeah, it's really exciting. Really exciting. And I think one thing I want to dip into a little bit here is what, I, what I've observed, because I'm obviously within, I'm inside of your Facebook community as well, is that you are documenting that entire journey. Yeah, so to tie into the sort of Fran B Global brand, the day I launched the forum was the day that I met and agreed to go 50-50 on this new company. And that was part of the motivation to do it, because I know what it takes to set up a new business. I've set up other businesses over the years. And um, I've also been a non-exec director on other company boards. I know all of that stuff. And realizing how much I know, I thought, actually, what's the best way to disseminate this to people that are starting up? And for me, the best way was let's just record the whole journey of a new startup. So every step of the way, everything that we do for the new startup, pretty much, I record a little video and say, guys, you know, this is what's happening, the good and the bad. So it's not a kind of this is a case study and everything is perfect. We had a thing recently where the branding came back and we none of us liked it and then it was like oh my goodness we're trying to launch and we haven't got a logo and yeah so I shared all you know how we dealt with that how we break it down how we backpedaled so so sharing that through the community so that other people can start to see actually what is it when you start a new company what, what's it going to be like what actually goes on and actually how much commitment is involved yeah because we see you know we see dragons den on tv and somebody getting you know hundred thousand investment and we think oh that was easy but you don't see all the stuff that goes into it before then to make to even get somebody that to that point let alone what happens after that that's so, so true and i think people it's it's important for people to see the, the good the bad and the ugly you know yeah, um that's yeah. the reason that there aren't more people running businesses because they are nervous about those sorts of things or yeah. one aren't willing to put in the work to actually complete and, and run a successful business or the flip side is just not having the right or just not knowing what to do in situations so i think seeing that it's not all as glamorous as it sometimes seems on the surface <laughs> of watching someone else's social media page but actually the the gritty stuff that's happening behind the scenes that you're documenting I think is just just amazing and and hopefully people also see we have a lot of fun and there is it's one of those things that we don't probably record as much because there's a lot of laughter (laughs) (laughs) but I think people get from me the excitement that that we are having fun and again realizing that with this stuff even when things go wrong you can still smile through it and as long as you're mitigating your risks enough that you're not doing something stupid you can still actually have a lot of fun even when things go wrong yeah um but the reality is it's hard work and that's what i want to share with people the, the hard work that it's going to take to do this and the reality of that and even you know it may be i'm i'm on the forum in a year's time going do you know what none of it worked <laughs> we lost you know we lost everything i'm gonna to have to start again and if that's the case great because again welcome to the real world that's what happens we will do everything we can for that not to happen of course because it's very important social cause that we're working towards but it, that may be the way it goes and when i decided recording it i thought whatever happens i'm sharing this yeah because people need to see what happens in real life Mm, yeah I like it I think it's really good well I want to take you back to kind of the early stages because I can imagine that might be a lot of people listening to this saying oh this all sounds fantastic and it's so exciting and there's so many things happening but this part of the journey is it's easy for you to say that if it all falls apart that who really you know just start again because you've got that support and that the financial support I guess from your your very first business which is helping to kind of feed you through the rest of this journey 
So let's think a little bit about, you know, those people that are starting out right at the beginning. What are some of the first things that you would, you would, or what's the first piece of advice maybe that you would give somebody that's looking at transitioning from maybe doing their business on the side and still working full time and looking to transition, they'd like to go into a full, you know, to make their business full time. What's a piece of advice that you would offer them um, to, to sort of progress that or make that journey happen a little bit quicker? It's just going to sound like really bizarre advice, but actually to not focus on the money which might sound like really bad business advice and if you take it too literally it probably is a bit it's the best <laughs> advice but one of the biggest challenges that I see small business owners have is they focus on where's the next buck coming from which if you are reliant on the business of course that is going to be a priority but what happens when you do that is you get so focused on it you often miss all the opportunities and you often extract the joy out of your business because you're focusing on it just for money so even if it means you've got to go and work a day job and build your business in the evenings and that takes the pressure off then go do that yeah rather than becoming obsessed with where the next deal is coming from because that is it just yeah. I always think humans have a sixth sense right they they don't we don't even they smell the desperation absolutely I mean, there's a really interesting um you may have heard of a guy called Matthew Said he's a big sports commentator um often writes for the Sunday Times he wrote a book called Bounce and I had the pleasure of spending some time with him a few years ago and he was talking um he's an Olympic table tennis player oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think he got a silver medal or something but anyway he's pretty good right and his reaction times have been tested at universities and they're some of the best in the world and one day he gets sent to interview a tennis player I forget which tennis player it was and they're, and they're at a tennis court and this guy's apparently got like one of the fastest serves so Matthew Saeed says well serve a ball at me and you know I should be able to return it I've got some of the fastest reaction times I've got much more time than I've got with a ping pong bat so he should be able to serve it and he cannot do it and the reason he can't do it is because when that tennis player serves that tennis ball it's not about the reaction time it's about how many you've returned because when you look at that tennis player you may not realize it but if you're a pro tennis player you see thousands of movements that you don't even know your brain sees Mm. but your brain does see them so you see all these movements and that's how a pro tennis player can return a ball to another pro tennis player and I think it's the same when it comes to building a business the customers out there They can see stuff that they don't even realize they can see. And one thing they can see without a shadow of a doubt is any sense of desperation or need for money. And even if you're trying to hide it, it's like they can see it like that tennis player. (laughs) They can see those tiny, tiny movements or whatever it is. And as soon as they sense that, of course, their brain says alert. They're trying to sell me something. Oh, okay. Shut us up end of and so when you're in that position that you're desperate for the money what happens is you're without even realizing it you're kind of telling people that and that really really hinders you so if you can find a way to do your business so that you are just loving it for the business forget about the money you just love what you do so much all of a sudden you'll find that you become more successful and even me personally I went through this not long ago. Um, I had some expenses. I was moving house, all sorts of things. And I suddenly went, okay, I need to up my earnings. And do you know what? For the first time in ages, I just couldn't bring money in because I was, I'd suddenly started focusing on the money again. And it mm. wasn't about doing what I was passionate about doing. It was about focusing on the money. Yeah. Um, so if you can try to unfocus on the money, the caveat on this is what you're doing has to be commercial. 
Yes. <laughs> Good point. There are so many small business owners with amazing, passionate ideas about things that, if we're completely honest, are never going to be commercial. Mm. They're never actually going to turn a profit because the manufacturing costs are too high or there's just not the customer base. So, again, if you don't know if your product's commercial, go and sit down, find a mentor, find somebody. You don't even have to pay. Go and find somebody that you know that's, that will be able to look at it, that's got a commercial mind and say to them, is this commercial because otherwise again it is a little bit like drawing blood from a stone yeah it's never going to quite take off gotcha yeah great advice i think that is really really good so tell me just to wrap things up here fran what's next on the agenda for you what's in the pipeline have you got any for goal 17 which is the new business partnership business that you've just launched what are you got any marketing tactics up your sleeve that you're planning to implement what's happening we have if we pull it off it will be amazing we have a launch happening all being well in uh in the next couple of weeks that we've been trying to work our contacts um and beg borrow and steal anybody that else has got good contacts to do a little launch event uh where we're going to hopefully drag in some professional footballers um we've got a, a big um online tv channel that wants to film it if we can get a few people involved in it oh, so we're going to do a little bit of a and, that, and this is way out of my comfort zone space i've never done anything like this it's going to be a bit of a kind of like video pr stunt but if it works it'd be great so it's a new territory for me so again if anyone wants to see me completely mess up on that <laughs> please sure come watch the, the forum I, we, we had a meeting the other day and apparently we we're all wearing tracksuits, which I'm not thrilled about. But there you go. <laughs> this is what happens when you work with footballers. They insist on wearing tracksuits all the time. And apparently I need to be part of the team. Oh, so, my goodness. Uh, there you yeah, go. That is a <laughs> well, that sounds so exciting. I'm so looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that. Yeah. And I was going to say, other than that, it's just business as usual. Keep putting stuff on the forum. Keep sharing the message. And just, again, advice for any business owner, just see where the wind takes you. I don't know what's coming up next, but I'm just getting myself out there, speaking to lots of people, building lots of relationships, working with lots of people. And let's see what happens. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. So, Fran, how can we reach out to you? How can we get in touch? Where do we find you? Tell us a little bit about where we can locate you online. So on Facebook, it is Fran B Global, so F-R-A-N-B and then Global, um, all one word. So that's both my personal profile and you'll find the Facebook group. Again, please do join us. Come and join the craziness that goes on in the group and, and join in the conversation. Uh, Twitter, again, it's all Fran B Global, so you can just follow that. Awesome. Um, and if you want to watch specifically the feeds from Goal 17, that's Goal 17 Global, that is, it is more of a corporate product. If anybody here is corporate, uh, we'll be doing a lot more on LinkedIn because it is aimed at companies with sort of at least 100,000 turnover plus. So if anybody is interested in that, please do come follow the journey. But if you're a small business owner and you just want to see, learn the lessons and see how it takes and just be part of the fun, then Facebook and Twitter and still, you know, connect on LinkedIn as well. But it's the Framby Global bit is where you'll find more interesting content. I love that. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Fran. I've really enjoyed listening to your journey and the amount of things you have going on right now is just really exciting. So I think we're all looking forward to following your journey and and seeing what's next for you, really. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. So it's been wonderful talking to you and uh, really excited to see all the stuff that you're creating as well. Thanks so much. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. I loved recording that podcast with Fran. She has so much energy. I love it. Here are my top three attention grabbers from this episode. Attention grabber number one, utilize Facebook Live. 
To be able to show off who you are as a personality gives you so much authority, how it made her more authentic. Uh, it just meant that she wasn't recording different versions of videos over and over again and trying to edit them. Um, she just really just put herself out there and wasn't so focused on making the message perfect. It, she was just focused on making it honest. And I think for anybody that is living their true core values as a person and through their business, that is something that you shouldn't be afraid to do. So I think utilizing Facebook Lives and, you know, one of her top tips there, it saves her time. She doesn't worry about all that editing. She just gets out there and does it and it's done and it, and it goes and does the work for her. So utilizing Facebook Lives, even getting on Instagram Live, utilizing those free platforms, great advice. Attention grabber number two, proof of concept. One thing Fran talked about there was going out and testing the market before you actually develop a product or a service. So within her Facebook community or her forum, as she as she calls it, going and testing, you know, asking people questions, people responding to her advice about things, and then them asking her to create a product, I think is just a fantastic piece of advice. So she hasn't gone and spent a bunch of time and money creating a new coaching program that she wants to deliver before she knew that people actually wanted to purchase it. So I think thinking about, you know, proving your concept is actually worth something before you go and invest either time or money in creating it is just a great piece of advice. Attention grabber number three, document your journey. That is so awesome. I, I love it. And I think Fran does such a good job of it too. For anybody that hasn't seen her online, please do go and check her out. Fran B Global. She just makes a really, really great impact in terms of nobody's perfect. You know, she shows off the really good sides to her business, the wins, all the fantastic success that they're having, but she also shows the challenges too. And again, that just helps to build so much trust. And I think, you know, she's doing that for one part of her business, but then her coaching business is also benefiting from that because people are seeing, you know, how she reacts to things that are challenging, how she gets on with things when there's a problem, being able to show off that the, what really happens behind the scenes in business helps to build that trust and actually leads to more business for her. So documenting your journey, I think it's great. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to connect with Fran via her social media channels. And I look forward to joining me next time where we'll be meeting another business owner who will unlock their vault of marketing knowledge and provide us access to their secrets to success within their business. You've just been listening to The Vault Podcast with Stacey Keogh. If you've enjoyed the show, she'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. And don't forget to head over to www.thevault.global for more free content that will help you build an effective marketing strategy.